Hello and welcome to the CAFMA Connect. I'm Fire Chief Scott Freitag, your host, and as you can see, with me today is not my reluctant co-host, Assistant Chief John Fetima. He has again uh, weaseled his way out of this and threw Leo under the bus, but uh, we are happy to have Firefighter Leo with us today. Leo, welcome. Thank you so much. I know you're excited. When we first told you about this, you thought it was a joke. Uh, well, it kind, well, yeah, somewhat, if not so much, but yeah, kind of, especially the first time, because uh, I was told I was going to do it the week after Kayleen, and when it didn't happen, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I could I breathe. <laughs> Well, you know, it was good. I was able to catch up with you on the Firefighter Angel, and they needed mm-hmm. to put you in a vehicle, and I happened to pull up at just the right time. And as soon as I got in, I said, hey, now we can talk about your podcast debut. And here we are. And here we are. So th- the reason that I wanted Leo on here, originally, Kayleen was just throwing you under the bus. I, I get that. But we're going into 2021, or we're in 2021, and we're coming out of what some people really felt was a horrible year and 2020. And and as you know, Leo, from last week in the review, I wrote about, you know, 2020, the year wasn't the problem. People are the problem. Yeah, perspective. And and it, and it really is perspective. And when we look at uh, our ability to make personal choice, to decide whether we are going to have a positive outlook or a negative outlook, um, we need to make the right choice. Yeah, we're all going to have bad days. But I remember when uh, we were in the chief's interview. Oh, with you. And, and we won't delve too far into it. I'm not trying to embarrass you. <laughs> it's okay. But, you know, the first question is always is, tell us a little bit about yourself. And yes, 45 minutes later, you were in eighth grade. Um, yeah. So it was a little long. That said, your life story to me is inspirational. Oh, thank you. How how you grew up and, and where you are today and where you can be in the future, um, to me, is a story that's that's worth sharing with folks, especially as we go into 2021 and we try to to convince people, hey, you need to have a different perspective. You need to choose to be positive. So, um, uh, Leo, if we could get a little bit of your story, start by telling us about, is it Flan or Flan? It's, it's uh, who was it? I was having with Captain Merrill. He was having a hard time pronouncing it. Uh, I think it's, well, I say Flan. Okay. Uh, I don't know how other people, like how you read it and stuff, but it's pronounced flan. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that All right, from so, your childhood. So flan, originally the reason, you know, flan came up, it's because I was doing instructor one, took that class, and then he had to give a presentation on it. And uh, I made flan as one of the presentations. But uh, what happened, too, was uh, growing up as a kid, uh, uh, growing up in my as a kid, my my uh, family didn't have much money, didn't have uh, any way of making, you know, end meets, you know, paying for stuff. Right. And uh, my mom would make, you know, food to sell, and one of those was flan. And flan was uh, the most, the one that you could probably get more money uh, back, like, as you sold, because it wasn't that expensive to make. Right. It was like $3, and you could sell it for $10, so probably okay. it was pretty good. But uh, we would go, my mom would make me like a hundred of them, you know, throughout the week. And she would have me go around my neighborhood. And I lived in uh, Deer Valley down in Phoenix. And okay. 
Uh, we live in this trailer park, but the houses around us, they were pretty like middle-class families. Right. So I was able to go and knock on doors and uh, sell this product. And uh, it was something that I did from a young age. And it wasn't just flan. It was other stuff like tamales, uh, burritos, uh, other stuff like, uh, I don't even know how you call it anymore. But, uh, you know, just things to get us through the month, right. pay the bills. Get us fed. How old were you when you were going door to door? When I was going to door, I started from a very young age. I had multiple jobs. The first job, I one of the jobs that I first had was cleaning uh, uh, pigs' dens, like their their feces, like getting rid of their poop. And uh, awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a a a crappy job, right? (laughs) Makes sense. It makes sense, right? Uh, But yeah, that was one of my first jobs, and I think I was around the age of four. For around four or five, uh, I was uh, working from a very young age, and I would get paid like fifty cents or a dollar, I think. Okay. And then I also, uh, as you know, I had multiple jobs, uh, but one of the other jobs after that, it was uh, going out to the fields and picking uh, uh, chili peppers or beans, okay, off the ground. You know, just going with my mom and my brother. Uh, I've done that. I did that for a while too, but uh, I think uh, I started when I was four. Okay, four was uh, around that age. But uh, my mom says that I had some other jobs. Like I had an uncle who had a mechanic shop, and he just liked me being around so I could greet people. Okay, so you know he paid me somewhat a day, but yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons we like having you around so you can greet people. Yeah. Uh, when, when I was talking yesterday to the administrative staff in the front office, um, I, I mentioned you being on the podcast, and they thought that was great. And they said they they never see you without a smile. Okay. You, you always have a smile and brighten people's day uh, with that. And yet, through your childhood, starting at three, four years old, here you are working to help the family uh, make ends meet. Yes. Uh, originally from Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, so not originally from Deer Valley. No, so originally, yeah, originally well, I'm from uh, uh, Zacatecas, Mexico, and I was brought to the U.S. when I was, uh, I would say, eight years old. Okay. And at that point before then, I lived a really bad life, uh, you know, abusive parent uh, to my mom. And then we used to live in a place where uh, it was like a little, it was probably rooms this big. Okay. And uh, it was my mom, my brother, and my two youngest sisters. And my dad would lock us in that place, you know, take right. the key with him. And he would come and visit us like once a month, twice a month. But my brother and I, we had a hole and we snuck out and my my, okay. my mom would stay there. And we used to go, you know, uh, find work. That was how we go to work. And there was this place like three blocks on our house where they would wash carrots. Okay. It was like a carrot factory or something like that. And they used to uh, throw the carrots, you know, the bad carrots and throw them on the floor. Well, my brother and I would grab this sack and we used to just go and grab a whole bunch and just take running for our lives because they start shooting at us. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Just Well, there we go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but, you know, it was, you know, to keep us fed, you know, the whole time it was, I I liked it. It was something, well, I didn't like it. That was the only thing I knew. So that was probably, it was normal to me. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I I came out here and then went to Las Vegas. Okay. I was there for uh, a total of like 
time, probably three years, and then ended up in Deer Valley. Okay. So at Las Vegas, Deer Valley, uh, you went to school. Um, who did you live with uh, as you went through your high school years, junior high and high school? So when I went to, well, I went to high school, I, I, I was adopted at okay. the age of, I would say, let's see, uh, 15. Okay. And, but legally I was, I was adopted at 15, but I started living with these people from a very young age that provided for me because, uh, story behind that, my, uh, my mom ended up, ended up ditching my brother and I, Okay. uh, and then dispatchers from this church took us into their house and she, she looked out for us, but she was also a missionary. So she kind of went uh, everywhere, but I didn't go to school, uh, seventh and eighth grade. Okay. I went from mid sixth grade to freshman year of high school. We were adding and subtracting, and I came back to uh, letters in the uh, in math problems, and I was like, "Fine X." I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I I just have to say, Leo, I don't disagree with you because I, if I remember correctly, in kindergarten they taught us the alphabet. Yeah, and then they taught us our numbers, and they weren't together. They weren't. They, no, they don't mix. I don't know why would someone do that. You and know? why do I need to know where X is? I know I, where it is. I, I was like right there in the whiteboard. That's my yeah. answer when the, <laughs> the I, teacher asked me. I can say the alphabet. It, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's right by Y. Right next to Y. That's where it is. I can show you right here. I've learned that since I was a kid. But yeah. <laughs> so what, what kind of influence uh, did the, the pastor, your adoptive parents, what kind of influence did they have on you? Uh one of the biggest things they they always taught me was you know hard work and right. and well not so much my well they did but my my mom even though the life that I had I always had to work hard to survive right. to to have something in the table to eat something to you know have clothes on your back anything it was always work 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 it pays you it pays off it, it takes care of everything right uh, going to this family uh, they they not only told me the same thing but also you gotta have a belief system. You have to have something to believe in. And uh, one of them was, you know, always believing in God. They were pastors from a church. Okay. So uh, they always said, you know, if you can't stick with God, you know, God will always stick with you. you just always come back and come back, you know, humble and right. try to, you know, always live your life as best as you can, you know, things like that. And they, my, in my adult life, because, I was I was with them till I was eighteen till I graduated from high school, which it was a great accomplishment for me. You know, not going through middle school and right being able to graduate high school. Uh, they always, you know, uh, make sure I had everything. But hard work was one of the biggest things that they always, you know, told me about. Right, do this, do that, and you know, keep yourself busy. So, what did you do after high school? Right after high school, I got a job. Uh, down in Phoenix doing countertops. Okay. I've never done countertops. I don't know. I Before then, I didn't have any type of history of construction work. Okay. Uh, this uh, uh, gentleman, I went up to him and I said, hey, you, you're hiring. And he said, uh, well, what do you know? <laughs> I was like, sir, I don't know anything, but I'll work my butt off for you if you give me a chance. And uh, he goes, I told him too, I was like, I could speak Spanish. And he liked that very much because a lot of his workers were okay. in they didn't speak English, so he would have me translate for them and tell okay. them where to go do their jobs, and I did countertops right after that. Did you tell him you could find X, too? I I did not tell him that. <laughs> 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 no, I, I uh, he, one of the biggest things uh, he liked a lot was, well, I was, I always wanted a, uh, 
have some type of trade. Okay. And when I was like learning that uh, he liked how I would pick it up fast enough and how I was able to, you know, help him a lot with the guy. So he kept me as a fabricator instead of sending me as a labor man. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was pretty, pretty cool. I, you know, when I was leaving before I got hired here, when I, when I left and he wanted to race me, give me a race. When I came out here and I was applying for CAFMA, I called him to let him know that, uh, hey, they might call you to, you know, talk to you right. as a reference. But I called him and he answered the phone and he goes, hey, are you coming back? I'm like, no. And he hung up on me. Okay. <laughs> Just right there. I'm like, so I called him back and I said, hey, this is Leo. And he goes, oh, I know who this is. Are you coming back? I'm like, no, I'm trying to call you because I'm trying to, oh, and, and I explained the situation right. to him. But yeah. So you also worked for uh, AZ1 Credit Union. Yeah, up here one in AZ, Valley, yeah. Or 1AZ. Um, and I know that when we offered you an opportunity to work for CAFMA initially as a training tech, um, the manager of the credit union at the time did not want to let you go. Yeah. Donna. Donna. Lassen. Donna. Yeah. 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 She's she's awesome. She also another person who gave me a chance. Nothing. No history. You know, <laughs> guy never went to middle school. She knew that. I, right. I explained that to him because when we did the interview, I, I explained, you know, and yeah, she, uh, she just, she, she asked me to sell her a chair and then right away I said, well, welcome to Donna's furniture store. Right. And that got me the brownie points. <laughs> <laughs> and then she started laughing right after that. And she goes, you know what? And I, you know, they might sell. And she said, okay. Uh, she gave me a chance, and okay. uh, when I was time to go, she she really didn't want me to leave. Right? Yeah. So, Leo, you know, we, we didn't get into all of your story, your your life history, but we can tell just from uh, when you talk about working at three or four years old and, and some of the things that you went through in your life, you, you are someone that would have the opportunity to say, I'm going to be a victim. I am going to let these situations drive me mm -hmm. and that's going to be my excuse for not achieving and instead somewhere along the way or throughout your entire life you it i it sounds like throughout your entire life you just made the decision that i'm going to make the best out of whatever situation i'm in yeah yeah you know it's it's very there was times where you would tell yourself, "Well, I, I deserve this. I should, you know, it's, I'm a product of my environment. I should, I should, like, it's okay that this is happening to me, kind of deal." But at the same time, like, uh, I always look back at the things that if I made it past whatever I just made it past through, right. I could overcome this and I could overcome that, and that's how it went. It was my whole entire life. Uh, one of the biggest things, you know, obviously, was God helping me. You know, right. I. Anything that I have achieved, anything that I will achieve is not because of me, you know, obviously, because, you know, God has, has his hand on me 24-7, uh, you know, even though when I don't deserve it. But I did have a, I do have a brother who, uh, who he is 11 months older than me. We're, okay. the, we're the same age. And I, I could not preach that to him in a way of, man, you, you can't let, you know, the life that my parents gave us, you know, be it's be something that you know you don't want to be that like they right. you know you don't want to become what they have become you know she he had a little daughter and everything and he you know he just went the wrong path not to throw oh, shit at my brother or anything right. like that but uh to this day i don't know i i i don't know what was some what was different in me right. and what wasn't different in him or what was the opposite thing because we had the exact same life right he just decided to take a different road and uh 
to the point where we just couldn't have a conversation together because he would get offended from the things right. that, you know, I was blessed with. Well, and, you know, you say you're blessed with him, and you certainly mm-hmm. absolutely were. You worked for those as well. Yes, and, sir. you know, going through Firefighter 1 and 2 through Yavapai College, that's not free. Uh, EMT mm-hmm. school's not free. No, sir. How, uh, so what set you on the path to EMT and, and Firefighter 1 and 2, and, and how did you put yourself through those programs? Uh, so one of the things of me not being from this country was uh, I'm not able to apply for any student loans. Okay. So at that point, uh, before I even knew I wanted to be a firefighter, I, <clears throat> I, you know, I would save money. I never, I've never been the guy that just goes and spends what he has. And right. You know, so I had some money saved up and I had a, a, a friend at that point who uh, he came up to me and he goes, uh, hey, how much money do you have saved up in your account? And I told him, he goes, uh, you should go to uh, hazmat class and pay for it. You have the uh, uh, the amount of money to pay for it. So uh, I took the uh, hazmat class and I paid for it and uh, I didn't like it. I was okay. like, this is hard. Yeah. But I, I passed and it made me want to study and everything because it was money from my own pocket, money sure. that I worked really hard for. And then I came back to my buddy and I said, hey, you know, yeah. I passed the class. What should I do next? And he goes, go ahead and take the fire one and two. And I had money for that and I took it. Oh, I took out a loan. Okay. Uh, at the credit union. Good. And Understood. Uh, so I paid that off and I fell in love with it. I, right. I, I loved it. And then I also, but at the time uh, to do that and able to pay for it, I was working at the hospital. I was working for uh, the fireman movers. Uh, I had some other side jobs. So I think I had four jobs at one point in going to school, and then I also was newly, I was barely, I got married to my wife. Okay. So I wasn't home a lot. Right. And then, yeah, then I took EMT school, and I borrowed that money from uh, fam, uh, family friends. Okay. I said, hey, you you know, and they let me borrow that money, which I paid back already. Right. And that's how I put myself through that school. But uh, everything was, it, it was well worth it, you know. Right. I I felt like it was part of what God had planned for me. And uh, I was told, you know, if you have something good that you want to achieve, it's something that you will achieve because it's, it's especially if it's a good thing. Right. And if you put your mind to it, you will. You know, when uh, when you went through that chief's interview, obviously you bombed it uh, yeah. badly. Uh, but that was okay because really – you know, when when you were done with that interview, we looked at each other and said, "Well, there's there's no way we can we can hire Leo uh, ahead of some of these other folks, but Leo has the character that we want in this organization. He's someone that we want here, but we need him to improve in some areas. So, um, we we offered you the training tech position, yes, uh, knowing that we really wanted to to give you time to develop." in some other areas so that uh, we, we could get you into the, onto the engine and, and into the firefighting, which was your dream. And yes, sir. the way, the way I looked at it from uh, an organizational perspective was here we have an individual who has done everything in his power to lift himself up, to work hard, to focus. And we have the opportunity because you chose us um to help you make your dream of being a firefighter come true. And uh, all of us at the table that day felt that, you know, we, we really want 
Leo to be part of this organization. We, we just need to work with him uh, to get him there. And I think that's that's fantastic because when we talk about, and, and we'll hit diversity for just a second because I talked to Kayleen about it. Um, and when, when we recruit people into the fire service, um, we look for diverse backgrounds. We want yeah. diverse backgrounds. And, and one of the things we're talking about in the next recruiting is recruiting you again to help us. Yeah. But uh, the, the way Patty, our, our HR manager, put it to me is, let's do a recruitment video that says, what does a firefighter look like? Oh, and yeah. here's a picture of Kayleen. Here's a picture of Leo. Here's a, a picture of one of the Zacks mm-hmm. that we have working here. And it, it in the end of that, that video, it says, you look like a firefighter, right? Because look at, at where you came from in Mexico yeah. and all you went through in your life and all the decisions that you made to continue being better. Um, and here you are as a firefighter. How long have you been with CAFMA now? I've been with CAFMA uh, two years, uh, two years and some days. Yeah, I've been counting those days. You've been uh, counting those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I got hired as a fire tech in 2018. Right. In December. So, but I, uh, I've i been as a firefighter a year and six months, I believe. But it, your story goes to show everyone out there that if it, it doesn't matter what your background is, it doesn't matter what your upbringing is, what matters is the choices that you make. Yeah, choices is a big part of uh things that you can accomplish in life and how hard you work. Right. And and you can achieve that. And it doesn't matter if there's kids out there in, in podcast land and in, in YouTube or whatever that are that for some reason stumble on this podcast. Um, they can look at this and say, wow, maybe I, I want to be a firefighter someday. Whether they're living in Mexico today or they're living in the United States today, yeah. there is opportunity. Whether they're a... a a woman or female or a male, it doesn't matter, right? It's yeah, it's it's all up to the individual to see, you know, you gotta look down inside and see what they want, and, right? You know, obviously it takes uh, some work to you know to achieve what you need, what you want to achieve, but you know, it's it's possible, it's doable. Right? Well, and you know the other thing that that I mean, you bring so much to the organization, and in, in my opinion, oh, uh, you know, when administration knows knows Leo right off the bat, and and says, man, he just brightens everybody's day when he comes in because he's always smiling, he's always happy. Um, but we know we have a, a Hispanic community that we cover, um, and we know some of those folks don't speak English, so we're going to work with you. You and I talked about it uh, about doing some public safety educational uh, videos that we can put out in Spanish. Yeah, that would be great because one of the biggest things I remember as a kid too with my mother was like I got hurt one point uh, one time and she was kind of scared of calling for help, you know, just because obviously there's a lot of there. They just, I don't know, the Hispanic community has this fear of the authorities and thinking that fire is that. So, you know, but there was not that information that told us, hey, you know, we're here to help you, not to get you in trouble kind of deal. And so I, I, I think I want to work with you not only on uh, some of the material that we need out on cooking safety and fire safety, yeah. things like that. But from your perspective, you know, just as you just discussed, what are some other areas we need to hit? And I think that's going to be an important one uh, that we can put out there. We may be able to even uh, partner with our friends in blue. 
yeah with pvpd uh and have you on there with a, a police officer yeah we do this event uh where we we'd have uh, we help miss tammy okay uh, when we were doing some hot dogs out at the mon valley park right and uh, it's an, an event they do, the police officers do, in order to reach out to the Hispanic community. Uh, but uh, I think it would be great to have a... We do take an engine there, but there's no uh, information given out as, sure. you know, towards fire. But, yeah, it'll be awesome. Well, Leo, to kind of close things out um, this week with you, mm-hmm. if you, if you could give uh, people some advice, if you could give folks some advice... Um, Going into 2021, based on your background and experience, what would that be? You know, 2021 is the beginning of the year. It's something that uh, everybody already has that mindset of it's going to be a good year. It's going to be positive. So it, it is if they just keep that mindset throughout the year and remember that no matter what happens, you know, you could always keep moving forward. They say that uh, uh, hard times don't last, but strong people do. Right. You know? So I feel like if you just keep the mindset, not get discouraged and, you know, know your self-worth, know what the things that you could accomplish and the things you've already accomplished. Right. You know, it's not that hard to get happy and get positive in things. You know, you are human. Everybody is. And okay. everybody goes through that process of, uh, you know, can this get any worse kind of deal? Just know that nobody could go through anything they cannot overcome. Right. So... So if, uh, and, and I'm going to ask you one more question. Uh-huh. So if if you had a message to provide to a young uh, Hispanic child out there today who doesn't speak English very well, yeah. um, what would that be? And can you say it in a way that they would understand in, in Spanish? If you think oh, that's Spanish. Uh, oh, I could, yeah. Uh, algo que yo, uh, que yo siempre hice fue, bueno, una de las cosas fue puse a, a Dios primero, pero uh, aprendiendo y saber poner el, el esfuerzo de cada uno, poder seguir, a seguir para adelante, uh, uno puede lograr lo que esa persona quiera y lo que tú quieres, uh, pero primero dándole la gloria a Dios. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Leo, I appreciate you coming in. Uh, I hope it wasn't as bad as you thought it was. Oh no, I'm just sweating a lot right now. Yeah. But it's not as bad. <laughs> you know, for kidding. the other uh, the other CAFMA folks out there, uh, Chief Fedema is always looking for another victim to sit in that seat so he doesn't have to. There you go. Um, you know, we've thought about bringing Captain Marilyn. We were just concerned about that what, what that would do to our time frame and other people. Yeah, uh, I know. For Christmas, uh, he was. Santa Claus. Santa Claus did a for great us. job. And as a Christmas gift to uh, Chief Para, uh, <laughs> Captain Merrill lost his voice. And and so uh, I believe... Merry Christmas, Cat. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Chief, Chief yeah. Para. Uh, I think you owe us. So I'm going to close with one final note. Um, I'm reading a book right now. It's called Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Fantastic book. Um, if you're in a leadership position within CAFMA or anywhere else, I highly recommend that, that you pick this book up. Again, it's Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Um, we'll, we'll, do, we'll cover the book at some point on the podcast. I think, I think it's good. Um, I just have to find somebody else to read it, and I can tell you right now that that is not Chief Fetima. Oh. He doesn't like to read. He doesn't like books? What? No, there's no pictures. So, um, uh, Leo, again, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, That's it for this week. Until next week, try to stay out of trouble, keep a positive outlook, and 2021 can be your year if you want it to be. Perspective.